Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. Nothing but net keeps on rolling on, and we've got the head coach of Davidson, Gail Folks. Uh, coach, thank you for being with us. Uh, we appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Debbie. It's always great to chat with you. Hey, listen, the A-10's brutal, right? And your non-conference schedule set you up for success. Uh, let's talk about your non-con a little bit, because you had quite a bit of success in the non-conference. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, with the veteran team returning, we were really excited to kind of get several ACC schools on the on the docket. and. Um, you know, we kind of opened with a win over USC Upstate, which was kind of a good home win. And then kind of that Saturday, we were, were able to beat Wake Forest at home, which um, was a was a big win for our program. You know, obviously kind of like minded institutions with high academics, um, you know, playing from the ACC. That was a that was a great win for our program. Um, and the next day just played UNC, just super tough, um, ended up losing by four, just had a chance to sort of, uh, you know, be in that one to win it, which I thought was you know, a huge step and gave us a ton of confidence um, just that, hey, we can we can play with anybody. We can beat anybody. Um, and then that Thursday night, um, you know, beat Duke and Cameron Indoor, um, just kind of behind a really balanced uh, team. I mean, just had several people in double figures um, and really led the whole way against those guys, which was was pretty cool. Um, you know, and then from there, we, we kind of steamrolled through, um, you know, beat uh, the rest of our schedule kind of um, in non-conference non play, including a huge win over UNC Charlotte at their place where we were able to kind of keep the 704 Cup. So I don't know how many people know out there, but uh, we're one of the only, if not the only trophy game right now in women's basketball um, where we actually, you know, have a trophy um, that, you know, is between the two programs and whoever wins that game gets to keep it and I tell all our girls all the time, I'm like, that that trophy stays in our locker room and it better never leave. Um, and so, you know, for us, it's it's still sitting in our locker room, which is pretty cool. So I love that. I did not know a 704 trophy. I totally get yeah. it. That's the area code for the Charlotte uh, and the Davidson area. So that's pretty cool. That's, that's really cool. Uh, I want to take you back. I mean, North Carolina, they missed a free throw. You guys missed a box out. Yeah. Um, there's uh as the games go on, we know that there's just certain situations that if they had just reversed or if we just done a little bit better on our detail, right? We yeah. we would have been able to. Um, when you when you look back at those things and you're trying to pitch postseason, besides conference play, which we'll get to, um, yeah. how much of that is a part of the narrative that you're pushing forward about where your team sits inside the A10 in a in a rigorous conference? Yeah, you know I think. Um... You know, we we put those games on the schedule for a reason, right? Is to sort of prove, hey, this is this program belongs amongst the discussions that you know UNC and Duke and you know programs in those conferences, you know, typically are you know really respected um, when it comes to NCAA tournament time. And uh, we wanted to position ourselves um, and put ourselves in a spot where, hey, if we were able to take care of business in our conference, you know, the validity of that um, would be there. Um, and so, I, I don't know, it really sort of just kind of gave us confidence, you know, that, hey, you know, if we get into this situation in March, you know, we've been there, we need to have learned from, you know, that moment of rebounding and just every possession in those games really matters. Um, but I thought that it it really set us up well um, to to really kind of continue to grow and learn because we're like, hey, we're good. We're not there yet, though, right? Like, there's still, there's still more to come. Um, and our groups really um, kind of owned that and 
um, really kept a level head through it all. And I think that's why we've had some, some consistency with our success. So we know that as small as a detail on a box out or a close out or not running the floor hard, and then you face that adversity and you can fix that. But when you yeah. have adversity involving injuries, there's another level of preparation and there's another level of fixing that needs to take place. Why don't you tell us kind of right now where you are, the status of some of the injuries and, and what you're doing to overcome that adversity? Yeah, you know, we we started the year out with kind of two um, upperclassmen kind of getting injured early. So they weren't part of the season. So we kind of knew going into the year, hey, the, the margin for error is a little smaller. Our roster size was kind of at 11 um, of healthy bodies kind of moving into the start of the year. Um, and then as of late, you know, we've had, you know, some key players um, kind of go down with some injuries. And I think what we've kind of found is, you know, with Rosie Deegan going out, she was obviously doing a, a lot of things for us, you know, offensively, defensively, just as a fifth year player in our system. Um, but what we've kind of found is that, you know, our system is really adaptable and that we've been able to sort of evolve, move some people around and um, find success in some different ways. Um, you know, we've been kind of in and out of the lineup with Ellie Sutphin, who was a preseason all-conference player. She missed six games early, kind of came back and is, is currently out for kind of a short-term, we hope, kind of injury situation. You know, but what we found is, hey, we we can evolve, we can adapt, and we're actually finding more ways to win, you know, and more ways to to do things that are maybe a little more unconventional, um, but are can be successful. Um, and so that's kind of what I've been preaching to our team over this last month is that we've had to evolve, we've had to adapt. Um, and, you know, doing that in the middle of the season is not easy, right? Like that's not, you know, what everybody's doing right now. Um, but for us, I think it it speaks to maybe a higher level of potential too, in that, hey, we're we're still evolving, we're still getting better. Um, and I think the the best basketball of our current group is actually ahead of us. Um, and that's really given me a lot of hope um, and optimism heading into February with the team we have, because we still have some really great players. And um, I think we can get them playing even better um, than we are right now, which is exciting. Isn't that the challenge as a coach to the essence of teaching, right? To take somebody a place that they didn't think they could get on their own or to encourage them to aspire to something greater than they maybe they didn't think about. Um, that's essentially what you're doing here. You're trying to lift what you have, get the other ones healthy, and stay competitive in a really tough league. I mean, it's all relative, right? I mean, the A-10 is a really hard league. You don't, wanna, you don't have to compare it to other Power Fives or whatever. Just the, the like resources inside um, uh, a conference like the A-10. It's, it's, every night is tough. Yeah, and there's a lot of great coaches. You know, I think that's, um, you know, a lot of different styles. You know, when you look at the A-10, there's people winning with five out motions. There's people winning playing ball screen. There's people winning playing through post play. You know, there's people that are running kind of more mover blocker type stuff. You know, it's like, you know, you're really having to guard a lot of different actions pretty regularly. And I think that that's the fun part, right, is that uh, there's a lot of strategy involved. And um, for us, you know, we're we're trying to do the same things and, and really kind of position ourselves um, with with the group we have now to, to, you know, to be able to beat anybody come conference tournament time. That's the part that I love. You know, that's the way I see it from a division from all the coaches that I've been around for so long and things I've learned from coaches like you. You know, the summer is about concepts and being able to understand what we want to do, how we want to guard certain things. And mm -hmm. then you get into what you just described as a competitive league with lots of different looks that will prepare you for whatever you need. But that's what the summer's for is to help you get ready for that stuff. So the strategy and moving pieces around and that is the fun part, right? Not some of the other stuff you got to deal with as a head coach. 
the the pure uh, fun of drawing it up and executing it that's that's what keeps bringing you back right is that it for sure i mean the strategy is a you know the part i really love and you know getting to connect with our kids uh, you know we've got a great group that you know, are really hardworking and driven in all aspects of their life. And so when they see a challenge, they really see opportunity. And, um, you know, we're all in it together. I, I talk about it a lot with our team is I feel so fortunate that we have kind of an all of us against the world kind of mentality, you know, and uh, the cohesiveness we have is just something I think is really special. Um, and for us, you know, that's what we're leaning in on right now, right, is, hey, like we've we've got all of these ingredients, you know, it's like, let's figure out a way to make it the best version of us. Um, and, you know, I feel like, you know, that's that's coming along, you know, and of course, the the margin for error when you've got injuries and things are a little smaller. You got to avoid silly fouls. You've got to, you know, keep keep things, you know, pretty tight with some stuff. But um, this group is, you know, really mature, um, has a lot of experience and has a huge will to win. So it's it's been just it's been a blessing. It's been a lot of fun. I've known you for quite some time. I've watched you as an assistant. I've watched you as a head coach in other places. And I'm watching you at Davidson. And I'm seeing the evolution of a young coach who has put the time in, who's grinding, trying to figure it out, and finding resources. If you don't know the answer, you know how to find the answer, which is just equally as important as being the most brilliant person in the game. Uh, when you sit back and take a look at your journey and the path that you've been on that's led you to Davidson right now, uh, what would be, or who would be, how you think you've been able to get to this stage in your life with your family and, and being able to maintain a high level competitive program, like you've been able to maintain at all the places you've been. I think that, um, I was really fortunate kind of very early on in my career, um, that I was kind of given an opportunity to be an assistant really early. Um, you know, I was a third assistant at Longwood, a small di division one at that time, not even in a conference, um, right at 22, you know, and so I got a chance to not really have to go kind of the GA route or the, um, video ops, you know, but get on the court and start actually coaching at the college level. You know, I had coached a lot of AAU basketball um, through college and high school and things like that, just because I knew I always wanted to be a coach. Um, but, you know, for me to kind of get that experience and really have to start game planning and, um, you know, doing those things. And, you know, I look back and, you know, Kristen Caruso kind of giving me that chance at Longwood as a 22-year-old assistant, you know, was a uh, you know, something I really like look back on and being like, man, I'm really fortunate that that's not happening in a lot of places right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, you know, just to kind of go through the ups and downs of being part of rebuilding programs, you know, every single program that I um, was a part of, you know, when I, you know, got the, um, when I had an opportunity to be an assistant was actually the first year of that, you know, coaches head coaching. So, um, at that place. So I was a part of that Longwood the first year of Kristen Caruso. I was a part at UNC Greensboro with Wendy Palmer in her first year. I was a part with Jen Hoover at Wake Forest in her first year at Wake. And then, so I thought that I was really well prepared when you look at it um, to be having to take over something. I'd always been part of the takeover, you know, um, and particularly some programs that weren't in great shape, right? That's why they were making a change. And so um, when I got to Davidson, um, the program wasn't in great shape. It was, you know, one of the reasons I was hired. And, um, you know, I, I felt a lot a lot of confidence, even as a first-time head coach, that, hey, I've been there, I've done it. And something I really believe in is, hey, if you've been doing the work, you know, you'll be prepared for when those things happen. And I just didn't feel like I had any real shortcuts to get there. I thought that I'd kind of been part of it at a lot of places. And so um, building this, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be a, a one-day thing. It was going to be something where we had to 
you know, really buy into kind of a process of building and what can be sustainable at Davidson and building a system and a style that um, you can really recruit to. You know, it's a special place. It's a unique place. Um, and it can't be random. You know, like people don't choose Davidson randomly. You know, it's it's a very like specific type of kid that's going to choose Davidson. And so how can we find kids that are going to fit that system consistently? And we'll go anywhere in the world. You know, I would, next year, I think we're going to have eight international players. You know, so, um, you know, we'll go anywhere and our, oh, the lights are um, in my office. Um, the, uh, we'll go anywhere in the world, um, you know, and Stephen Curry, I think, you know, has some name recognition around the world, which is pretty helpful. Um, but, you know, just building that system has been something that I really learned is, hey, when you take over a program, um, you, you need to have a really clear vision of where you want to get to, not just what you're going to do day one. Um, and that's been something that I learned along the way is you have to have a plan you need to see your plan through and um you know when you get a chance to be a head coach you, you got to assume it's your only chance so you better have a plan and, and try to see it through and that's what we've been trying to do here i love that whole answer i love the vision that comes with it i love that you haven't forgotten where you came from and you have a rising star gail and uh we're, we're wishing you the best before i let you go one yeah. more question Davidson does have an incredible basketball brand with one of the greatest ambassadors in the history of basketball, right? Steph or Sabrina? Who you got? <laughs> the three-point shooting contest. Yeah, no, I'm going with Steph all day, <laughs> every day, okay? Uh, you know, um, I, I love Sabrina. I love what she's doing for women's basketball. Um, you know, and I love what Steph's doing for women's basketball. I think um, the game's growing, um, and I just feel so fortunate that we have, you know, our most famous alum um, that uh, is so supportive of it as well. And, um, you know, it's, but, but I'm going with Steph. So Sabrina's, Sabrina's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with no us problem. on Nothing But Net. You're awesome. We wish you well the rest of the season. Thanks, Gail. Thanks, Debbie.